and welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. And on today's um, podcast, we're going to do what has become an annual event for us, as well as, as, as you, Stephen, in terms of reviewing your customer experience landscape webinar that you did this week. And I have to say, right at the top, many, many sort of congratulations on it for two or three different things. A, I thought it was fantastic and very well researched, and we'll go through some of that. And it also got record numbers in terms of TLF research, in terms of uh, people who said they would turn up and enjoy it, and people who actually did turn up and and, and enjoy it as as well. So a very, very well done, um, a very well done on that. It's, Thank you very much. It seems to be getting some traction over the last three, four, five years. Um yeah, it, it's definitely uh, become our most popular webinar, as you say. And and I guess there's a lot of it, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because it, it is, you know, everyone who's got any kind of interest in customer experience. Um, well, hopefully there's something in it for, for them. Yeah. So I think what I'd just like to do t today is let's have a quick go through some of the main outcomes of it. There'll be a link um, in the notes to it. Um, but I think we probably work on the assumption that people have you know watched it but we'll, we'll just recap two or three of the main outcomes and then perhaps a, a little bit that what goes on behind the scenes in terms of pulling it together because again honestly one of the things I really like about it is the depth the research you know you and me have opinions and we express those opinions very often you know on these podcasts but it was a very informed opinion and that's one of the things that i really liked it, it certainly challenged a few of my um, preconceived uh, ideas as well um but yeah so if you had to do your, your elevator talk on the three or four outcomes of it what i ended up doing was breaking it into sort of three subject areas that i was going to talk about so there was so ai particularly generative ai um which I, I, as I said in the webinar, I genuinely tried not to talk about this year, but you kind of can't resist it. Um, sustainability, the kind of green agenda, and and customers. I suppose if I had to have one takeout for each of those, in in, in the case of AI, I think my main point um, is that there's a there's a lot of potential in some of these exciting new technologies, generative AI, and you know, multi-agent LLMs, all this stuff. But actually, what it seems to me that organizations are often rushing into the shiny technology without investing in having good data and particularly sort of integrating their data. So that that kind of data architecture is the foundation on which all of that stuff needs to be built. And and that is often either totally missing or or kind of not where it needs to be. Yeah. I thought on the AI one, it um it really felt like um high high risk high reward in some ways in terms of the pace that people are going into it because the opportunities are wonderfully immense and i think what i hadn't probably realized and and on i'm putting ai questions onto clients questionnaires as we speak today um, to get customers views on it but i hadn't realized and you made the really good point that how many people are already using it in organizations where organizations don't realize they're using it i think you had a figure only 21 percent of organizations have a policy or a strategy on it and you you threw out the very strong question you you know you know not how are you going to use it but how are your employees currently using it and how are you monitoring controlling that and yeah and 
gets a bit ethical as well. But yeah, that's really seemed a very interesting perspective on it. Yeah, I do think that's a genuine worry. And the sort of facts and figures there came from a survey that, that Salesforce did, which I thought was a really right. interesting angle, actually, um, to sort of credit to them. And there's a link in the webinar to, to the, the detail of it. But, but yeah, and I think it's one of those things that once it's pointed out to you, you go, well, yeah, like everyone I know is playing with ChatGPT, but do their organisations know that they're playing with it? Yeah. What data are they giving to ChatGPT? Where are they putting what ChatGPT generates? Is that on a website somewhere? Is it in your documentation? Is it being sent to customers? All very good questions. All very good governance questions, indeed. And, and I think particularly with AI and the same with, with sustainability, it you link you kept linking it back to the customer and the customer experience and and obviously that's the angle that that, that we come from and it really i think sort of exaggerated that hey this used in the right way will be revolutionary i have no doubt it will be revolutionary but there are some big pitfalls that you pointed out in terms of you know, loss of customer trust in terms of, you know, some of the communications as as well as the how data is held and all, all you know, all, all, all that sort of stuff. And I suspect you, you you were actually quite chuffed that you could use one of your slides from previous years in this year's webinar, which I think means you got some of your predictions right. But it wouldn't surprise me if you are using that slide again as a basis next year, because that both those, the positive and the risks are just going to happy exponentially more in 12 months time i think that's right and and those sort of fundamentals are always kind of less sexy and and less um you know likely to grab the headlines but more important realistically we we, we deal with a lot of customer data because our clients send us data to interview their customers on the phone or to send them web surveys or, or whatever yeah so we know what organizations data is like and it is not good on average it, occasionally it's dreadful at best it's okay so when you read all this hype about how AI is going to allow hyper-personalization, you think, well, really? Because you don't even know what products people have bought or where they live. So what are you personalizing? Um, so I, I, I just think those fundamentals, listen, I'm not the only person who is aware of this and has pointed it out. And the yeah. way people are screaming this inside every organization Absolutely. who is currently trying to put a chat GPT chatbot in front of the world. So I'm not pretending that's a, a great insight, but I do think it's really, really important that having good data, joining it up and managing it, having governance in place about how it's used is really, really important. It's the foundation, isn't it? It is absolutely the building blocks. And I think the other angle on the AI was seeing it from the customer's perspective. What are you trying to meet, need, deliver that's making the customer experience better? And how's AI helping that, not coming up with something that's really good that is not making the customer experience better? And, and yeah. I'll, I'll come a little, we can come a little bit later on to customers' outlook of the future, but yeah, outside in, inside out, absolutely. One of the trends that I really like, actually, in AI that, that a lot of the, the sort of experts are talking about is, is this trend towards AI that is working for you as, as the customer. So I, I've always thought this, that, that AI ought to be on my side. I ought to have my AI that's doing 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 all the pain in the neck jobs that I have to do with phoning up organizations and you know making a complaint or trying to figure out where my delivery is or all, all the all the annoying the admin. Stuff the that admin. Do, all the all that admin. What what, um, what what was your phrase? Techno admin. Techno was admin. It? It's not my phrase actually. It's, it's a guy called Jamie Bartlett um who who invented Well this he's named it there Jamie hasn't it? It's definitely a big part of customer life. 
so yeah i i, I should have um and again, not my phrase, but this idea of the AI butler who is taking care of all this stuff for you is really attractive and has always felt to me where AI ought to get to. And and I think more and more people are trying to figure out how to actually do that. So, so yeah. the likes of kind of Siri have always been a gesture towards that, but but a bit limited. But and I think you know more and more their capabilities will increase, and also there'll be things like this Rabbit R one, which which are kind yeah. of designed to almost like automation for you as a person as opposed to dealing with all the automated processes of all the people you deal with the other thing that you've mentioned and you talked an awful lot about was sustainability which has become a bigger part of your landscape webinar um each, each year and again linking it to what customers see of it and again i thought you had some really interesting facts there particularly when it goes down to that argument that it goes to all the time will customers pay for it as I said in the webinar, I think it's right to be a bit skeptical about that. So I think if you ask people in a survey, as as I sort of did, you know, will you pay more for a sustainable product? People will say yes. Some people will always, yeah. um, almost under any circumstances. But a, a much larger majority of people, it's more complicated. It's it depends. It depends on the yeah. product. Depends how much more. It depends what mood I'm in. It, dot dot dot. So it's it's never as simple and black and white as they yes they will or no they won't. I think what what's probably more important, really, in a way, is how they're thinking about it. So what you consistently see, I think, in surveys is this sense that of responsibility on you as suppliers. Like, you ought to be doing more. You ought to be making it easy for me, the customer, to, to be you know, green and more sustainable so I don't have to feel guilty. So I think where that really factors is in stuff like packaging. Yeah. Um, you know that's a, that's a real kind of red red hot issue for consumers because so yeah. visible. And whether or not they'll pay much more for a sustainable uh, kind of version of, of packaging, I think the the real threat to most organisations is is when a competitor comes along who is able to offer that without needing people to pay much more. So it, it's kind of that it, it's the threat that should be worrying you of a of a differentiated competitor sort of stealing the march on you there uh, more than you know. Can we ramp our prices up to justify changing our packaging? I think that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Oh, I completely agree. And I think it's probably an early mindset in to do this good thing for the planet and the environment and ourselves. Oh, we've got to change what we're going to do. Therefore, that's going to cost more. Are you willing to pay for it? But inevitably, I think as technology and the consumer and the customer evolves, why should we be paying more? Because your company should be set up on one of the foundations that it's a sustainable company. Exactly. So it's not that you've got to change to make things better. That should be embedded in your roots. Mm. I also thought that some of the awareness figures that you you threw out there were just really good as well, that whilst people may or may not be willing to pay and may or may not actually pay, I do want to think that the organization I'm dealing with is morally right. I can trust it and all the other things, you know, on the customer thing. But part of that is I want to feel that they're not wrecking their kids and grandkids' futures. There's a, a very kind of real aspect to that. Like that's important to me um, as a consumer in many cases. I think the other thing is there's a branding aspect to it that, you know, Absolutely. it's important for me as a consumer to be seen as someone who is being green. So yeah, it is absolutely important and going to be more important. And I think, and the thing for me actually, there's an analogy to to customer satisfaction. I think 
-hmm. And people often say, oh, is it worth the investment in customer satisfaction? And, and when you hit that kind of resistance, what I always say is, well, let's look for the places where, we're, where they're pulling in the same direction, where we can save money and make customers happier by yeah. removing, you know, unwanted inbound contact and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the same same theory works with sustainability. Like, well, very often we can become greener by saving money. So using less electricity saves us lots yeah. of money and makes us greener. Brilliant. At the moment, there's so because collectively we've done very little. There is actually still lots of, of room to become greener, to save carbon and to save cost yeah. uh, all at the same time. Yeah, completely agree that, you know, they are bedfellows, not competitors, aren't they? And yeah. I think that's the way people need to view it. And I think that's the way customers will view it or are viewing it and certainly will view it more going. And go, a lot of the barriers forward. that used to be there, you know, are, are going away. So, you know. Heat pumps are becoming a viable option increasingly, you know, renewable electricity. Solar is, panels. is not that expensive. <laughs> Sometimes it's cheaper. Um, and yeah, if you've got, if you're, depends on the organization you have, but if you've got a lot of flat roofs, then then obviously fitting solar panels is, is probably a bit of a no-brainer now. So, so yeah, there's there's a lot of, in a way, everything's pulling in the same direction. So what, what consumers want, what government's pushing towards, what um, technology is allowing us to do what energy costs are driving us towards, like all of those things are pulling in the same direction um, to a point. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the great part of it is throughout the webinar, you kept going back to how does this affect customers? And I think, you know, that's, you know, your third main takeout is is the customer. And I, it, it depressed me a bit when you talked about do customers think things are going to get better or worse? Um, and probably because you and me have been in this arena for a long time as well, and I felt, uh, probably felt a little bit of sense of failure when people are saying, well, I feel it's going to get perhaps worse rather than better. And I think there was probably a couple of things slightly going through my mind, which would be interested to have your sort of view on, and you, you started to get to in terms of the webinar. You know, the word unprecedented was certainly used when the pandemic was around an unprecedented amount of times. Hmm. and although we've come out of the pandemic, the world is such a different place now. Those ripples of, are still perhaps more waves in terms of the way organisations work, what customers want, customers' needs. You throw in all the different uncertainty in the world at the moment, all the different changes there, and you think, wow, this, I feel, is an unprecedented time post-pandemic, you know, as uh, as well. And you're sort of thinking, well, do you know what? It's felt sad that customers don't believe it's going to get better because it should be getting better because mm. that's what everyone's driving driving to. So please try and cheer me up a bit. Yeah, uh, I'll do my best. I don't want to get too kind of political about it, but but I think one thing you that, that struck me this time that I thought was really interesting is that in terms of the impact of the pandemic and you know, global issues, sort of war in Ukraine, yeah. cost of living to some extent, those, those sorts of things. This is the first quarter where we've really seen US consumer sentiment start yeah. shooting up while UK yeah. consumer sentiment stays flat. US customer satisfaction shooting up while UK customer satisfaction continues to plummet. So that suggests that something is different <laughs> on, yeah. on the Atlantic. And I do, I, I, I Partly because I don't want to get into politics and partly because I don't think any single cause can be pointed at for that. But I do think it, th th there are differences that what we're seeing in the UK is not just the pandemic, I don't think. 
um, it's and it and it's not just Brexit, and it's not just the you know the impact of the war in Ukraine being a bit closer, and it's not just any one thing. Yeah, but, no, but... Um, some combination of all of those things and, and other things I've probably forgotten about have left us in this kind of specific situation that affects the UK uh, and not necessarily other countries in Europe or or, or yeah. Europe, for example. Yeah, I think some countries in Europe would have have a very different sort of outlook. At, exactly. Uh, that, yeah. you know, at, at the moment. So, yeah. you know, I think that that isn't still, still isn't cheering you up probably, <laughs> but, but I think the cheering thing is that, you know, history tells us if we look at the index of consumer sentiment in the US, that it is cyclical. It doesn't stay yeah. in the problems. And I think the other thing is that um, the circumstances that have led us to be where we we are yeah, ultimately will change. I, I don't want to say things can only get better in an election year, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it slightly feel No, well. but I, I think regardless of politics, humanity and everyone is trying to pull in a similar direction. They might have different views about how to get to where they want to get to, but we all want to get to a better, you know, a better place. So I suppose just quickly moving on to the point I made earlier about the amount of time and research that you put into it. Just just give us a quick behind the, the scenes sort of view. How how much time do you spend producing and researching, you know, in essence, you know, 30 minutes of webinar? <laughs> so the honest answer is I don't know, really. So I basically start gathering stuff so you know i have a big folder where i save stuff that's interesting and i bookmark things and i send myself emails and so i'm just sort of accumulating stuff that i think might fit into the the webinar and then well i'm, I'm just over a month out i put some questions on on our panel because yeah. you know when i've got a bit of an inkling that i think i might want to talk about green stuff i think i might want to talk about um ai i put some questions on on the web on the panel and i love that because it lets you test your thoughts your hypotheses other people's thoughts and hypotheses and i think that really adds to it and yeah you know a bit of a sales pitch we have our panel and it is just great we all use it for saying oh i wonder about this and you don't need to wonder you can ask a thousand customers and find out what they think about that and it's just yeah. great for decision making i always say you know if, if you work in a chocolate biscuit factory you get loads of free chocolate biscuits if, if you work in a research agency you get free <laughs> panel questions <laughs> 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 that, that's our perk. <laughs> oh, woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, put that on the panel and and sort of wait, you know, three weeks for that that to come yeah. back, a couple of weeks, um, and then in terms of actually pulling the final thing together, that, that it probably takes I don't know, but about a, a week to sort of finally yeah winnow that all down and go, well, you know, what what are the themes going to be? What are the and then, and then there's probably you know uh, probably two thirds of the stuff I'll, I've already saved somewhere or bookmarked somewhere, yeah. and a third of it I, I think I actually need to address to go out and find some. Um, so, for example, I, I, I tend to put in some of the facts and figures from the ONS about you know what's yeah. happening to the economy. I can pontificate about that, but it's it's a lot better to say here are you know trustworthy long term. I think the sources trend. are very credible as well in terms of what you use on both sides of the Atlantic as well, and. You know, I think that certainly adds to the macro information that you, you know, that, that you share. And I, again, that's one of the things I really like is you do pull it up to the macro level, which we all operate in a micro level, but that all our micro levels are within that macro level. So you've mm -hmm. got to have the big, you know, you've got to have the big picture. How much are you forecasting are you going to get right? Is it worth placing a bet on, uh, on, on what you said? Yeah, I probably didn't do a huge amount of 
forecasting this year, did I? In, in more kind of talking about general trends, which I, I think I'm probably fairly I'm confident about those trends as being sort of correct. Um, whether they're all going to happen this year, I, I mean that that's yeah. unlikely. To be honest, We're, I'm not going to have an AI butler this year, but but I think there's a trend you've, towards. You've AI always got me, Stephen. You've always got me. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I, I sort yeah, I think I'm pretty confident about everything I did predict, which wasn't a huge amount really. Um, in more sort of directions of travel. I, I do, for example, I do think multi-agent LLMs are going to yeah. be really important. Again, I don't think that's necessarily going to be mainstream this year, but I think it should be on the agenda. Uh, I do think that model collapse is going to be a big issue in the fairly near future. Right. Is it necessarily going to crash ChatGPT this year? Not necessarily, but I think it's going to be an issue uh, on the horizon in the near future. Yeah, I, I, I think you are probably underestimating. I, I suspect, so my prediction which is much less valid than, than yours and certainly less research it's probably just based on some of the clients i'm working at at the moment and i'm coming across the phrase yeah fail fast yeah let's try everything you know let's do things doesn't matter if you fail as long as you fail fast don't fail slow and even conversations yeah and as soon as you fail do you know what you don't document how you failed because that's a waste of time get on to the next one and 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 i think the pace of things it wouldn't surprise me if it's very similar topics next year, but it's moved on much further than I think I'm imagining it's going to move on. And, you know, and it's perhaps exponential rather than 45 degrees, the, you know, the line on AI, the line on sustainability. And I think the bit that I really sort of loved is you pulled it back at the end because everyone who's on that webinar, it's about the customer experience and how do you do how do you do those things well? It's just how you do everything else well. You base it around the customer's needs and then look at it from that way if you really want to be customer-centric. And I thought, I nearly thought you were going to end the webinar by saying, you know, the reward for doing this is customer loyalty. Mm. And that's where you were going at. And, and yeah, and there's a lot for everyone to grasp going forward to get that ultimate reward of customer loyalty over the next 12 months next five years the next decade i'm sure yeah and the flip side of that is that i think there's a a lot of damage that can be done so the flip side of you know fail fast move fast and break things um mike montero has this great phrase which is the trouble is when you move fast and break things sometimes those things are people which i think is yeah. a really important thing to bear in mind it's like well, what is the what's the risk here is a really important angle and I think when it comes to customer experience, it's tempting to say, yeah, well, let's try a chat, a chat GPT based chatbot and see see how it goes, like DPD did. And then and insults and there, there is a reputational yeah, risk, there's yeah. a brand risk, but there is also, you know, those the particular customers that you even if you don't insult them, right? Even if you just create a crap experience, that is doing lasting damage to your relationship with that customer. And that has consequences, that's costs for Absolutely. the business. They're not always immediately obvious, but they're there. And I think, it, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try stuff, you shouldn't prototype stuff, you should you shouldn't test stuff, but you should just be aware of the risks when you do it. Sort of do the groundwork instead of just flipping a switch and turning on a chatbot. Do the work to make sure it's going to work well. If you're driving a car at 200 miles an hour, 
you would have a different set of skills and driving it at 50 miles an hour. You'd have different and a, information. And a different set of tyres. I think that's a really good analogy. You, you need to make sure you've got high-speed tyres, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and many, many other things. Yeah, yeah. And um, summary, I thought it was brilliant, Stephen. If people are listening to this and they haven't watched it, it will be half an hour that I'm sure people will enjoy. I said to you off air, I'm going to watch it again because... I just find something like this, you take the meaning, but, you know, there's depth to it as 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 well. But overall, I thought it was absolutely excellent, Stephen. I would certainly recommend to everyone, and on a 9 to 10, on a 0 to 10 scale, I'd score at 11, Stephen. I'd score at 11. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. I'll put a link to uh, a recording of the webinar in the show notes if, if you would like to watch it. Um, and if you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review us. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at TLFresearch.com. Keep your customers loyal, everyone. Mm -hmm.